0: Listen, if you're constantly tired of juggling all the business problems yourself and not having a sound individual to bounce your ideas off of the problems, off of your generated solutions for less than what you're probably paying. One of your part time coaches, you literally could have a conversation with me daily, fuck weekly with me, with your staff, and then we get on a call monthly. I've got an app and a platform that I use, what I call the bat phone that allows you to get in contact with me throughout the day. Literally, you can ping me and hit me up and let me know shit's going on. This is the situation. I need some assistance in making the right decision, and I'm there for you. This is what I do for gym owners. I do it for up to about 40 gyms at a given time, and I'm always graduating or getting fired, like graduating the gym owner or getting fired myself. I've you know, i talked about this in pre-roll before. I like getting fired i want to get fired i don't want you to be stuck on the the wtf tit i want my gym owners to be self-sufficient but there are times when you could use some assistance that's why i don't do any contracts everything is month to month you use me for as long as you need to use me and then you fire me and you can always hit me back up if another problem arises but if you're in a position where like fuck, man i i've got some money i let you know for what i'm paying a part-time coach sure i'd love to have someone who knows this better than i do and can help me just make the smarter decisions faster you can sit there and research it yourself and YouTube and watch all the videos and and make you know six months of bad decisions, or we could have had a ten minute conversation and you made the right one and moved on with the rest of your day, the rest of your business this year, and got the shit done you want to get done. If this interests you at all, please shoot me a DM over on WTF Gym Talk on Instagram, and I would love to chat with you. I'd love to just know what you got going on, see if we're a good fit. We can talk a little bit there, um, guys. That's it. This is what I do. This is what I love doing. I love solving problems for gym owners. I like different problems. And I eventually, I love getting fired. I want to get fired so that you go on and do your fucking thing. And I'm glad I was able to be a part of it for that period of time. So if this resonates with you at all, please go ahead, shoot me a DM. Let's chat. Otherwise, enjoy the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu. And it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. Your new HR policy is this. Always be interviewing or always be recruiting, not always be hiring because you can't actually hire always, but you are always on the lookout for future talent. I uh, in this year more than any other year, I have been consulting with gym owners. It has been the year of people having much harder time finding high quality staff even with good compensation packages, even with like starting salaries of 60K plus performance for GMs, having a hard time in their market, finding good talent, finding people, I mean, honestly, it's all like having finding just enough people to even apply for the job. Typically, um, a really good comp package and a managerial position inside of a micro gym I know we you're going to get within the first 3 weeks, we're probably to get 50 resumes. Well, that's probably more realistically down to like 13. In my experience in 2023, that has been um it's been slim pickings out there. I don't know how many of you guys have been out there, you know, recruiting for roles that go above even like a part-time coach, and maybe I don't know, maybe even that role has been difficult for some of you guys to find. Here's some thoughts on it. And here's what I recommend you do going forward to uh, hopefully alleviate this. Number one, when COVID kicked off and, I don't know, 100,000 part-time coaches or full-time coaches across the U.S. and the world, I'm just going to talk about what I know, across the U.S. decided or realized, well, I can't work at the studio anymore, but I've got like 3,000 Instagram followers, most of which are people who actually know me. And I'm going to start putting out these videos and content online. I've seen other people do it. It worked for them. Let's see if it worked for me. Fast forward a year. They now have 30,000 Instagram followers and are making $9,000 a month at from working from home making content. Why in the world would they ever, ever go back to work at a brick and mortar micro gym? It would be, I mean, it makes zero sense. I wouldn't the marketplace is very thin right now because covid taught you know trainers and coaches that if you have enough pizzazz and you can go online it's way 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 better income for you way better income it might not be the ideal position there are some coaches that don't want to create content and have to worry about the whole online space there are others that just you know they want to show up they want to coach people in real life that's what they want to do and that's perfectly fine but for those that have the personality and the bravado to to go online, I mean, the money's there. The money is still there, and it was—it's so crowded online. Tr- literally, the amount of concept online businesses I've helped start in 2023 that are zero to ten thousand like that, and, and that's, not even my, that's not even my niche. Like, it's not like just because WTF's an online business, you know, and I did that. But it's just because it's out there. All you have to do in the online space is you literally have to have something unique to say and a unique way of saying it. As long as you, I can check the box on those two things, you should be making $10,000 a month working from home. That's, I mean, that is 100% truth. So that's well, that's the scenario, right? The scenario is it's thin. Those are the reasons why I think it's thin, Um I, the other reason I think it's thin is I do. I, you know, I feel like in brick and mortar land, because of the overhead, we are not able to, like, we have caps on what people can make. Like, realistically, a GM is only going to make so much money. You can come up with profit share, but even then, like, every student, like, businesses don't have, and micro gyms don't have a never-ending ceiling of how much they can make. Again, in the brick and mortar world. There's a cap. Because what's the biggest limitation, my friends, in a micro gym? What is it? Think about it, if you're inside of MGU, if you've been listening to my stuff for a while, let's see how much you've learned. What is your number one bottleneck in owning a micro gym? The number of customers you can service. What determines the number of customers you could service? Your operational capacity. It is, that is it. You can't just keep adding people. You run out of space in classes, you run out of class times to offer. That's the bottleneck, right? So with all that being said, there's a cap on how much you can afford to pay someone since there's a cap on your revenue. You know, someone's income is a a top, I don't care if they're the best manager, whatever. They're going to have to adopt mainly a sales role. I have had gyms that have gotten into comfortable, you know, they're probably at 96, 95% of their, their capacity in revenue, in op cap and all that. And they have a GM. It's like the GM's income or the sales manager, whatever they call facility operations manager, whatever you want to call it, it's not ever growing. Right? Cause you, the membership isn't ever growing. It's kind of kind of hits that number, whatever that is, for the your you know, the high end, what you're gonna have membership wise, and it you know, it loses, you know, three to five percent, and they you know, it, it gains three to five, and it kind of ebbs and flows back and forth. But that ultimately means that, that person now has a, probably a strong base salary. But now every month, the majority of their lifestyle money is going to be commission-based. It'll be based on what sales are or what profit is, which isn't bad. Again, I don't don't think every role should have an ever-growing number. I think that's reserved for business owners. I think if you take the risk to open up a business and you open up the right kind of business, you can have ever-growing income. But most businesses, I mean, and I do, I mean, when I say most, I pretty much mean every business has a cap as to what it's going to generate. So even, you know, even an owner is going to have a cap, but employees most definitely and most definitely in the micro gym brick and mortar scene. So what do we do about it? Well, we can only compensate people for so so much for so long and we know that COVID really kind of gutted the market from a lot of this part-time, maybe full-time coaches, things like that. It, It pulled a lot of good talent out of the marketplace that for us to hire. Then you have to always be recruiting, always be interviewing. That means it is your new company policy to always have postings up for positions in your org chart. Look at your org chart currently Right. If you don't have one, you need to make one. It is not a fluff exercise. This is legit. I promise you, you will be very—it'll be hard pressed for you to do what you want to do in your micro gym if you're currently disorganized. You're currently not making the amount of money you want to make. If we can't—if we can't show me some some resemblance of what this team should look like, aspirationally or currently. But you get your work chart, you take a look at it, and you put, make a posi- you know a position on Indeed, on LinkedIn. BarbellJobs.com, ZipRecruiter, whichever one of those companies you want, and you're making you have job postings just listed constantly. Well, Stu, I really like my GM. Why would I put a job posting for another one? Because you never fucking know when they're gonna get hit by a train. You never know when their husband's gonna get a, a six-figure bump in pay and move to Albuquerque, New Mexico. You just don't know, and you're a micro gym which means you don't have a deep enough bench. It's not like you can afford, well, listen, we know we go through you know GMs every couple of years, so we're gonna hire two of them just so when one drops off, we have another one. No, you don't have that bandwidth in your HR, like in your payroll budget, okay? So that means as you need to be constantly interviewing and recruiting, not hiring, but that way when it comes time to go to have to hire, You've already gone through several of those interviews. And now, well, Stu, what if that happens if they already got a job? Well, then they already got a job. That sucks. Sorry, I can't find a guarant- I can't make a guarantee for you that this person's gonna wait around for when your A player drops off. But at least you've gone through the process, you've seen what the market has. And if you really like somebody, you call them up like, yeah, I got hired here, you know, uh, and they're paying me this. You can counteroffer. If they're really that good of an employee and you really like their interview uh, capacity. And you're now down a man and a key player in your org chart. You can fucking counteroffer, because it, like it just it's it's a smart, practical business practice for a microchip. It's practical as fuck. I'm not saying it's not a pain in the ass, right? But he, as the owner, the one thing, and I say this all the time, as an owner, when you ascend to the point where you work on the business, when you're making good money and you have full focus, full time staff. I promise you the one role you'll continue to hold in your business is probably HR. That is that's guaranteed definitely one of them. If you when you still own the sales role and the marketing role, you haven't um, you still have some sophistication to go. Right? Those are just too crucial of roles and too frequent of occurrences of wins that we need to have like we need to have sales wins consistently. We need to have marketing wins all the time. So again, those—if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm work on the business, except sales and marketing, I still do those things. Yeah, you—you you got some work to do. I'm sure you're working on the business as well. Now let's work on hiring for those roles and finding out how that would work and how much more money you need to make and where that fits in your org chart and all that. But for everyone else, once you get to the point of you know, quote unquote, I've made it or I am making it, you're oh, you're generally still going to hold that or wear that HR hat. And with that HR hat, I think you should be constantly looking for help because you never know when an employee is going to drop off or quit or get pregnant or this or that. And you also, it's also good for you to understand the talent pool that's available. I had a gym owner, uh, just we didn't formally work together, just kind of casual conversations in the DM. And they mentioned how he hasn't had to hire anyone in four years. He's like, dude, I've had great, no turnover. Everything's been awesome. Four years go by and he had like a massive exodus. And it wasn't, due, it wasn't nothing like dramatic. It was simply people's lives just took them all coincidentally within the same two quarters of the year. He's like, fuck, I'm I'm having to hire again. The first time I've had, I'm having to interview again. The first time in four years. Like, it's a skill set to interview and to recognize talent. And when you think about like your interview process, it's like, well, I'd like for them to come take a few classes first. Like, shut the fuck up. My God, the most immature, unsophisticated method of an interview process. Well, no, I gotta make sure they're good culture fit. Oh, really? You're gonna make sure they're good culture fit by them taking a class? Have you ever interviewed anyone ever? People are the best version of themselves when they know they are interviewing for something, right? Someone's like, well, I want to know that they like my unique belief in fitness, Stu, so I'm going to have them uh, take a class. Like, oh, what do you think they're going to say when they get done? This sucks? No, they're not. Like, they're going to tell you it was great. That doesn't tell you whether you Like, that's why I tell people, like, listen, if you have a good feeling about someone, don't make them, like, take a week's worth of classes or three weeks worth of classes. Like, that's so immature. If you literally... If I lost everything today and I had to get back in the job market, and a gym owner's like, "Yeah, one of our requirements is you take three weeks of classes here first, and then we discuss employment." I'd be like, "Go eat a dick, fucking!" In three weeks, I got to financing to open up the place across the street that's gonna put you out on your ass, cocksucker. Make me take three week, three weeks of classes, and I, again, like I, I swear to Christ, this is legit. Gym owners do this. They require like this trial period. I want them to to be a member of the gym for like a month. Why? Are you looking for a member? Are you looking for an employee? What the fuck is wrong with you? No, it's because you don't know how to recognize talent and culture fits. That's why I want you to always be interviewing, always be recruiting. You You will learn so quickly as to who is a good culture fit, who is a good employee fit for the team based on your chart, based on their personality. You hire fast, you fire fast. None of this like, well, just stick around and come to my gym. Like, what, unpaid? You're going to pay them to come to your gym and take classes for three weeks? Fuck off. Like, it just, anyway, um, rant over. So, guys, always be interviewing, always be recruiting. Keep those job postings up and make it a company policy. And if, you know, your employees are like, whoa, 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 it makes me feel insecure in my job. What happens if you find someone and you think they'd be a better fit than me? Okay, well let's think about that. Why would I think they're a better fit than you? You're here, I've already trained you, the members know you, you know, we have a system here. This isn't, like, this is, this is efficient right now. Why would, I, why would I fire you? The only reason you would fire someone, the only reason you should, is due to a lack of performance or culture fit. Those are the two reasons. They either don't align with the culture and the core values, or the performance isn't there. But if someone has checked the box on both of those, even if you interview someone, you're like, man, I don't know, this kid seems awesome, Stu. His interview was great, he's got all this experience, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, so do you wanna hire him? Yeah, but we have, you know, Sally's in that role right now and Sally's, you know, she's doing a good job. Like, she doing a, like, is she doing a great job? Well, no, not really. I mean, there's this, this, and this. I'm like. And have you documented these things and had conversations in your performance reviews with them? Well, I mean, kind of. That's when, like, again, the wheels fall off. And I'm like, see, you're just running this half ass fucking thing. You're going to sit here and, like, like, well, I might want to take a risk on this complete stranger that interviewed real well. Oh, yeah, he interviewed real fucking well? Like, again, we all interview. Like, unless you're a moron, you interview well. It's not that hard. You know what needs to be said. You do your research on the owner, the business. You fucking, you walk the walk, you talk the talk. Everyone interviews fucking well. Everyone is the best PR version of themselves in an interview. And you're going to risk, like, you're going to have to do all the brand new development and onboarding, make all that, all that risk because Sally's uh, currently performing at a six and you want her at an eight. Yeah, no, I just put more work in the Sally, right? Like, those kind of discussions. But that's, I mean... But yeah, is there a possibility that you do continue interviewing and recruiting and you find a potential kid like, oh, fuck, this person looks like they'd be great. And my current person in this role is underperforming and it has been documented in the performance reviews and we have been butting heads on it. Okay, well, on the next performance review or in the next lack of performance, terminate them and take a risk on this new person. Oh, God, Stu, that make, oh, makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it. All the stress, all the... Well, then what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? I'm sorry, does it get you all queasy and nervous to have to run your business? It's fucking HR. I just got done telling you. This is what you're going to do. Successful gym owners will be stuck in HR probably indefinitely, okay? This is what you're going to do. Get comfortable with it. And if you're not comfortable giving someone who's underperforming, maybe that's been with you for a couple of years, that you have consistently over and over, you've done every verbal, visual, and tactile cue possible to make them a better employee. You've bought better software and SaaS products to help them make them more organized. You've done trainings. You've uh, taken them to this, you know, you've given online courses. You've enrolled them in MGU. You've done everything you can to increase their ability to do that role. And it's not there, and you are consistently documenting underperforming in their performance reviews, then yeah, no. If you have a hard time firing them, then you shouldn't be the CEO. You should outsource that. You should go and be the head coach because you don't have what it fucking takes to be the CEO because those are the kinds of decisions a CEO makes. They do what's best for the company, not what makes their little their tum-tum feel good because they were friends with them and they came to their wedding. And blah, Shut the fuck up. You do what's necessary for the business, the staff, and the members. And that means sometimes firing people. So long story long, always be recruiting. You never know when you're going to need it. And I guarantee you, some of you guys have an employee that has been underperforming and you've been sticking with them because you're like, well, I don't have anyone else. Yeah, because you haven't been fucking looking. It's like staying in a marriage that's broken, right? Like, yeah, well, I don't want to go get remarried. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't want to potentially find someone that's going to make you happy. You don't want to potentially find an employee who's actually great at their job, grateful for it, good at it. You know, I do a GWC. Do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity to do it? That comes from Traction by Gino Wickman. For any of you guys who like the deep dive in the books, Traction by Gino Wickman. Highly recommend it or enroll in MGU and I'll summarize it for you inside of MGU, all the important parts. All right, guys, that's it. Always be interviewing, always be recruiting. Until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.